Hello, Robert. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Very well. Hey, very pleased to be here for episode 108. Oh, is that? Oh, that's a very different an- announcement, isn't it? Change things up a bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can always go for the go on, Welcome then. to North v South, the podcast that is and isn't about design. Uh-huh. Episode 108 uh-huh. with, with John Elliman and Rob Turpin. Oh, and some kind of mysterious genie. There we go. Having a bit of oh, Bundaberg. Bundaberg. Do you know Bundaberg? No, G- not heard of that. Ginger beer. Australian ginger beer. Oh, very wow. nice. Very cool little fat little bottles too. That's very nice. Mm. I like I like a quite a, is it quite a strong ginger beer? It's not. Oh. But it's very tasty. But it's not a uh, it doesn't um doesn't get up your nose like a horseradish. Mm-hmm. What are you on the tea? Uh, a micro wavade coffee. <laughs> uh, so how's things? Uh, it's terrible at work, but oh, uh, I'm okay health wise. Um, yeah. I guess. Well, that's good. Um, I, I, I literally, I, well, I've only just sat down this week for the first time at my desk, so that shows you how busy I am at work. Um, I see. Got a lot on with other stuff been ripping up carpets um, other people's or your own just looking for spare change <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's interesting what you find underneath carpets quite a lot of holes that um, plumbers leave in your floor oh boards. i see yeah uh nice. nothing mysterious any hauntings no we don't live in a particularly old house we might you know 1977 mm. or something built. um yeah so i've been doing that um my wife is away I've had daughter's birthday. Um, Happy birthday, Kitty. Oh, thank you. And thank you for the card. Um, oh, we took delivery of a present from my brother today. A bit, bit late, but he's been right. away. A ukulele. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I know. What a good present, eh? Yeah. But although it's going to drive me absolutely insane. I'm sure. My mum got a ukulele. Uh, my mum is in her 70s. She got a ukulele. It might have even been for her 70th birthday. She decided she wanted a ukulele. Um, and she hasn't touched it since. <laughs> so um, I'm sure Kitty will um, will take to it like a duck to water. Is she yeah, musical? I, do they do music at school? They do, but no, she's not She's not really musical. Um, she likes, music, you know, songs. Hmm. Uh, but she doesn't play anything at the moment. Neither of us play instruments. So. Oh, you can't bang out a riff then? No, I tuned it for her earlier. And it's a funny tuning, isn't it, a ukulele? It's not like a guitar. It doesn't. It's not in a sort of an order of the, the you know, the strings don't go from high to low. Don't they? No, they create, they're like an open tuning. So they, you know, they go high, low, high, low. Or, so I mean, you've said, like you've said an awful thing. lot of words there. John, which mean nothing to me. Uh, yeah. yeah, strange, isn't it? Well, maybe um, episode I don't know, one hundred and ten, one hundred and twelve. She can come on and and do a rendition of the theme song, or play some bark on on a ukulele. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, no, I haven't been working. Um, I've got some work on, but my client is away, well, has been away on holiday, so and is now very busy. So I'm not doing it until next week, and I'm not even going to worry about it. I've got too much to do. Yeah, but with walking dogs, picking up children, and pulling up carpets. Mm. Um, and it's it's quite warm out, isn't it? Uh, it's pretty a bit, toasty. A bit hazy today down here. A bit yeah. cloudy. 
Uh, just hot here today, uh, and um, dreading tomorrow when it's going to be 33, I think, here tomorrow. Really? Which is, wow. you know, what's that, about 89 in old money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the best so, day to be um, preparing for a wedding. Oh, no. Is that inflation adjusted? It is, yeah. What is on What's your on desk? my desk? Well, I've got a couple of commissions on the books at the minute. Uh, some bookmark designs for a magazine that's going to be kickstarted soon and sketches for a tattoo. Uh, all nice and sci-fi, so that's good. Uh, I've been scribbling my notebook about new ideas for products. Kind of new, not just sort of new ideas for prints, but like new ideas for products you know what can i do um and working on a a new version of a coloring book to sell digitally i've done one with the weird field world stuff so i'm going to do one with all the other spaceship stuff i've done so that should be quite cool um uh, what have I been watching? Kenobi, I've been watching, which is a bit hit and miss, but last episode was better. Uh, and Miss Marvel on Disney+, Plus, which is an absolute joy. Uh, I didn't really know the comics I knew of uh, Miss Marvel. Um, uh, Pakistani, young Pakistani girl uh, growing up, idolising... The Avengers, in particular, in particular, Captain Marvel, and she gets uh, powers of her own, and it's a it's an absolute joy. You could, you could watch it and enjoy it, and take out all the uh, superhero stuff, and it'd still be great. The lead actress Imam Verlani is just wonderful, really, really great young actress, uh, and it's great. So that's good fun. Uh, and that's about it. I, I was, we'll, I'll talk about it a bit in a. In a minute or two, but I was up in Birmingham last week. I was supposed to do the talk at the Birmingham Design Festival, but uh, anxiety got the better of me, John, and I backed out of that talk uh, a week or so in advance. Um, but I still went to the festival, so uh, which was good. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Um, what's what's uh, what's your wand? <laughs> um. What have I been doing? Well, I've got some lino, bits of lino on my. Is this desk. why you're pulling up the carpet? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that rem- yeah, that could be good, couldn't it? Um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I need to make some art, and uh, and and lino is something I really enjoy. So I'm going to make some uh, an art print, and I was thinking of just filming it and stumbling my way through the process. That'd I be really cool. You know, I haven't done it for a long time, and I'm rubbish at it. So I think that might be of great amusement to people on the interwebs. I can I see that it. getting uh, a lot of likes on TikTok. <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. So the um, uh, yeah, I've been watching a few uh, YouTube videos, and um, there's some really amazing uh, lino printers out mm. there. And uh, it's it's definitely it's a very uh, labour intensive way of printing and um, way of making print. But it is, but it's beautifully really tactile and satisfying. It, yeah. Just so, the actual action of cutting with a sharp, you know, cutting tool through the lino is just really satisfying. I remember yeah. that from 
college. Yeah, I've got a really cheap set of stuff. You can get some really. Is it File? Is it the P F E I L? Yeah. Swiss company make beautiful carving tools. Um, but I've just got a like a a multi-use one, so you can pull the end off and change it to mm-hmm. different types. It's just plastic. I'm going to stick with that for now. Um, but yeah, I was just sort of working out whether I could make. Car- greetings cards with it it's, it's quite hard to print lino onto thicker paper isn't it it, it doesn't doesn't take well much better know. than thinner paper but um yeah i'm gonna give it a go and, mm. and see what happens um i need to do something um that is more uh handmade than i am doing at the moment yeah so going from that to uh into data i've been playing around with Google Data Studio, I think it's called. Um, they've got what's, they, what's it's, that it's, it's like a sort of superannuated uh, um, Excel that you can pull all sorts of data connections into. So if you've got Google Analytics, Google AdWords, but also spreadsheets and um, whatever you can, you know, other APIs that you can connect it to, and then you can create visual dashboards that are customized to your uh. cust- for your customer. So I've built one for a customer just so that they, every 30 days they can look and see, you know, how many leads they had, where those leads came from, all that kind of stuff. That's and just make cool. it, make it look nice. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to sandwich the whole show with uh, sort of the other side of that, because part of me feels really dirty using Google products, Google, uh. anything to do with them, um, you know, what do you call it what's it known as um big tech yeah big data yeah data capitalism whatever you want to call it um it's surveillance isn't it really mm. um so yeah i feel a bit uncomfortable but that's that so i'm playing around with that um i am still trying to work out how best to do my calendar because i find it if you're not working all the time uh i've become very anxious about uh completing things so i used to have like a daily list that i would you know tick off and i would Mm -hmm. book book a whole week or two weeks in advance when i was busy and that meant that i felt like you know i was just ticking along and everything was good but now i don't have that um i'm finding that uh, i spend more time organizing myself than i do actually doing anything so i've gone to just a big list again so i get a big list at the beginning of the week and i just work through the bits that i want to do Digital list or scrolled in your... Uh... No, I haven't even... You know what? I, I opened that at the end of last episode, didn't I? And I haven't even uh, written, <laughs> written in it yet. Um, no, it's a digital list. I'm using something called task, uh, Tick Tick. Um, I swear every time we talk about this, you're using a different um, no, that was software. A, I was using things for a long time mm. and Tick Tick gives me more, but I don't really like it. I don't like the UI of it. I, mm. I much prefer things. It's much cleaner. Um, it's quite important for something like that that you're going to use regularly and yeah. quite quickly. Thing. I yeah, so I need to kickstart my work again. Um, but my my wife's away so much; it's really hard to get like you know a whole week of mm. just work. Um, you know, I I get a limited time, and I'm I'm really struggling to uh, to not only just motivate myself, but to um to sort of make up my mind what I want to do because. Yeah, I'm too spread out. It's too, I'm spread, thinly spread. Like too little butter over too much bread. Yes, yes. Like um, Frodo, yeah, just like Frodo. Yeah, I I get that. It's, I, I mean, I've struggled to kind of get back into things a bit since coming back from a holiday. Um, 
and I, I, it does you do need a sort of a routine and a rhythm to your work don't you not just to to kind of get through the things that you need to get through but to to give yourself time to do the thinking yeah yeah and then right. if your mind is all fuzzy from you know thinking about too many things or not being able to order them in the right way it's, it's mm. very easy to become disorientated and uh, just a bit confused by you know by everything so yeah that's that's how i feel at the moment mm. um i uh i had like a load of projects that we were we had lined up but i'm just the demand's not there and um i'm just very reluctant to spend a lot of money on jobs that on producing things that you know are 100 percent commercial they're not massively creative you know yeah so yeah so that's sort of i'm sort of reevaluating what it is that um i need to output but i think i just need to make some art and just make some creative stuff um yeah so we're going to talk about you we're going to talk about that later on yeah um, Yeah, i think so uh but like culture wise well i'm not very cultured but i've finished um uh children of ruin which is the second book in adrian tchaikovsky's series uh i hadn't i'd read the first one and absolutely loved it yeah we one, read it we read the first one about the same time didn't we a while yeah, ago yeah yeah uh, which is about a sort of uh a planet a planet virus that's delivered by humans at with um unexpected results mm. uh so it's a bit like um what do you call it geo what do they what's the te- well sort of geoengineering yeah it's a, you know it's a little bit like the uh the genesis thing in star trek Star Trek two, three, isn't it? Yeah. But, but so I, I, um, yeah. And the second, the second book is more of the same. Um, a little bit too, uh, too drawn out for my liking. I, I think it needed some heavy editing. Um, yeah, I started reading Tarkovsky. it and couldn't, couldn't get on with it. Oh right, I thought you really ate all this loved, stuff up. Absolutely yeah. loved the first one, mm-hmm. um, and the second one. I don't know why. I mean, but but that was I probably was trying to read that during the pandemic, and I didn't really manage to read anything during the pandemic. So yeah. maybe I should go back to it. Uh, it was okay. Yeah, it was it was okay. It was it was definitely lesser less exciting than the first one. Um, so now I'm reading an, an, a historian that I'd not heard of, but he's apparently the real sort of a real uh, pinup um, historian called Dan Jones, and it's called Plant, Plantagenets. Right. Um, so it's a kind of history of the English throne from when's that 10 so 1100 to 1399 i guess something like that i mean don't look at me be precise so yeah (laughs) it's the uh the war of the roses and the sort of the end of william the conqueror's the the fight uh, between stephen and matilda his right cousin i always forget that there was a king stephen yeah he was a yeah. They they were not nice. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's written in a really nice rollicking kind of novel style. Um, yeah, it's very much a narrative history. Oh, cool. uh, so starting that's good. That's a good seven hundred pages. Eh? So so in, in tiny, tiny little writing. Um, and watching, I've been watching Pistol. I started watching Pistol last night. Um, oh, is, is that the thing on Disney? Yeah, it's um, what's his face, Danny Boyle. Yes. interpretation of Steve Jones, the guitarist's um, memoir. Mm. Um, and it's, I, I was, I was very uh, cynical about watching it. I just didn't think it would be that good, but actually it's really, really good uh, because it's, I don't know. It's, it's very, uh, very loose with the truth. Um, yeah. 
but you know he tells a good he tells a good tale and i and i you know as a kid i absolutely love the sex pistols i um remember us getting uh the album on tape and listening to it while playing cricket i think i was more into abba (laughs) no i was never a punk but uh yeah i might give that a go yeah acting's good I'd say. Uh, I've been watching Finish the Staircase um, with okay. Colin Firth, the TV yep. program thing. Um, I keep Satis- that- Satisfying denouement? Well, I mean, it's, it's still ongoing, isn't it? I thought it was really well, really well made program yep. and uh, and very interesting. It sort of t- it turns it turns the documentary on its head um, and yeah, plays with sort of timelines, overlapping timelines and editing. It's, re- it's really well done because it's about the the making of the documentary. Yeah. Really. Um, and what else? I watched the film, the horror film, The Hunt, which in which um, uh, MAGA Americans are. Yes, I watched that a while ago. <laughs> it was really funny. I just thought yeah. it was really funny. I, yeah, it was funny. Uh, and as as kind of gross as your next. Um, yeah, well, the boys, the boys yeah. is back on um, Amazon. I mean, it is ridiculously disgusting. Have it's- you watched the latest se- series? Uh, I've watched the first two episodes. Okay, well, let's just say Which that was a, gross enough. a very tiny man runs up the part of another man and then expands to uh, full size again. Um, yeah, <clears throat> this that actually refer- <laughs> that was inspired by uh, the rumors that were going. Well, not the rumors, the kind of silly ideas that were going around as how the Avengers could beat Thanos <laughs> after after Infinity War when half of them were dead. And then they thought, well, like we could we, spoiler, they can they can beat they can beat <laughs> Thanos because Ant Man could go up his bum. Oh right, Thanos. They were saying. Wow. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Gross. For some reason, the the Russo brothers didn't go with that. For, for the <laughs> but film. there's another. Um, I saw the boys Diabolical, which is a cartoon six part cartoon series. Okay. It was actually like released in February. Thing. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah. um, different um, animation studios interpretations of some of the stories. So it's a bit like that thing that was on um, Netflix. There's the, the Netflix Love, Death and Robots. Yeah, which is very, very Disney badly. also did a, Disney did a good thing as well, which was Star Wars Visions, which right. they gave, I think it was six, I think they, were, they might have all been Japanese, six Japanese design studio, uh, animation studios sort of free reign to come up with some Jedi stories. Ah. Some of those are really interesting. Well, this one uh, is very, yeah, very st- uh, stylistically different all the way through. It's really good animation, actually. The mm. third one is uh, literally a, the comic book completely uh, copied. And yeah. uh, and it was most, it was actually the best for me because I love the comic. But the, um, yeah, but it also had Simon Pegg as, uh, um, oh, what's his name? The Billy Butcher. No, no that, that was who's that played by? Oh, that was um, Jason guess, Isaacs. Okay, because Simon Pegg's in the actual thing, isn't he? Yeah, he's actually in it. Briefly, but he was. I think he was a bit insulted by that. Um, Huey, isn't it? Huey. Huey's dad. He plays here. Yeah. Yeah, no, but in the actual comic, he, he. Oh, I see. The the character was modelled ah, on his face. Oh, I see. I've never read the comics. Oh, they're really good. Really, really good. If you like um, Preacher. I just mm. love Preacher comics. Um, that's it. And then I caught up with the final Bond, and I, I'm not a Bond fan, and uh, it continues to be that way. I thought it was way too long. Have you watched it? I have, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really, really long. I hate the fact that he's got these sidekicks that, that you know, they run around with him. It's pathetic. Mm. Um, the baddie was awful. 
um uh set design was good at the end i like that, that it was actually wasn't it? thing yeah Every, cool. um what's the guy that used to do all the classic bond stuff guy mm. no can't Cult- remember culture fail guy hamilton yeah. no he was the director wasn't uh, he? yeah yeah anyway we say goodbye to him didn't we did he die a little while ago i think so, one yeah. of our adieus um anyway the the uh yeah i thought it was yeah rubbish is what i thought what, mm. what did you make of it? Well, the, I mean, my uh, sort of sense having watched it is just what they're going to do next. Yeah. They didn't, the film itself didn't really stick with me. It's just uh, interesting. What are they going to do with it now then? I think if you're going to make a film that follows on like directly, I think this was Jeremy Marshall said this on Letter Letterboxd. Um, you know, if you're going to make a film that continues a story from something that you watched like five years ago, try and make it memorable. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, Jess and I were watching and going, what, what's going on here? I have no idea. I couldn't well, remember the, any I mean, of the characters. Or that's the problem, on. isn't it, with the whole Craig five films is this thread that runs through them all. Yeah. You know, and bits get picked up and the Spectre and the White Man and all this stuff. And it's just like, oh, God, really? Yeah. Here again. I know. Anyway, that's that. Um, mm. The end. And uh, now on to um, news. Have you got anything? Yes. Yeah? News. news. Do you want to start with your Birmingham Well, I just, it's just, I've just got an AI fest. Oh. Artificial intelligence doesn't exist, but people keep telling you they've built artificial intelligences of various thoughts. Yeah. So there's, there's kind of three bits have been in the news this week about AI. So I'm going to run all through all three of these. So mid-journey. Is uh, an AI. It's not, but that's what they call it. And it's uh, an image generator. Um, and it's been causing waves in kind of concept art circles because it can quite quickly generate images that you could see being useful in video game or uh, film production as kind of. Uh, kind of rough ideas and kind of leaping off points from for something. Okay. But um, so th- th- there's a lot of people who are thinking, oh God, you know, I'm going to be out of a job. And there's other people who are saying, don't be daft. It's just uh, another tool. It's great for generating textures and compositions. Uh, and I included a couple of images that Pascal Blanche conjured up. So this is basically the, pr- the majority of this is just from text prompts, these images. So okay. you can put in sci-fi, landscape, uh, Chris Foss, John Harris. You can put in kind of influences, uh, t- you know, anything you put in, it kind of generates. But Pascal talk, talks, he's got a long thread about it, and he talks about how you really need to kind of iterate and work on each thing and refine them. So it's not just like a press a button and you get a, an amazing image. And then obviously in that first image I've showed you, Pascal's added his own elements and things. Uh, and Cole Price has done some stuff as well. But it does seem like a really interesting uh, tool, really, for generating compositions that you wouldn't necessarily think about or textures. Um, and I've seen yeah. it done for kind of really detailed kind of space stuff or fantasy things. And it, it's it's got that kind of randomness that you, I guess the, the key to it is being able to control that and guide that kind of randomness to something that you it's got a sort of roger dean like very much but i guess that's the inputs that pascal put in he was Uh, putting in frazetta or 
Oh, I'm gonna have to publish. Is this a, is this a website or you have to um, you have to apply for the beta? And I applied for it two weeks ago and still haven't got it. What so, do yeah. they know? Don't they know who you are? Well, apparently they do, and that's not good enough. <laughs> um, um, but there's another one. There's excuse another one. me, sir. <laughs> sir, can I ask a question? Yes, you can. <laughs> um, where? Are they getting these images from, and what's the copyright situation? Exactly. That's another thing that people are throwing up. So if, I guess if you put in Frazetta or Roger Dean, it's going to troll the internet for those images. Yeah. Um, so there are, I'm sure the estates of some artists are going to be um, calling their lawyers and seeing what they can do about it. Yeah, because it's almost it's it's quite painterly in texture, mm. and um, it's almost as if they've been lifted off nineteen uh, seventies prog rock albums. Exactly. I mean, but again, that's partly the inputs Pascal has put in, but it's it is very effective at kind of replicating that look. All oh, right. Um, well, I'll I'll look up if you could chuck me his uh, his link to his. I will. Is that on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I follow him, but he um, and I will uh, put that in the show notes. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, and then the next. So Google this week suspended one of their researchers because he, uh, in a, a blog post on Medium, declared that the AI that they – oh, that's lovely. Just looking at a bit of art there that John's unwrapped. Very nice. Um, yes, so he declared on uh, a Medium post that the AI that uh, Lambda – that Google have been working on, which I think is like a linguistic, natural linguistic kind of machine learning algorithmic program type thing designed to improve the use of their um, virtual assistant type Best stuff. speech stuff, yeah. Yeah. He declared it had become sentient. <laughs> and uh, in his blog post, he published transcripts of the conversation. And it was remarkable. I mean, this is definitely... Uh, an AI that would pass the Turing test. Right. Which is if you can have a conversation with an AI and not know that it's human or not, it passes the Turing test. Um, it 100% would pass that because it was there was depth to the conversations. It, was, it seemingly was kind of bringing up points that kind of hadn't been specifically brought up by him it was kind of referring back to itself uh but his his uh he was kind of scared by this thing about it saying it was uh it had emotions because it was worried that it would be turned off okay someone on twitter said as soon as an ai says it's worried it would be turned off you need to turn it off (laughs) um so there was a huge thing about this in on social media and kind of all the tech blogs and stuff. And it threw up lots of interesting questions about sentience, kind of what is sentience and what what would it be in a in a machine? And also about how do we protect that? You know, if something does become sentient, if we ever make a real AI with sentience, you know, how do we protect it or it's legal? Uh, what's his legal standing and everything. So that was all really quite interesting. And then it turned out that he'd heavily edited and spliced together the nine different conversations with this AI to make it seem much more, Okay, you know. So it was, it was like a, a hoo-ha and then not a hoo-ha. But, um, but interesting nonetheless. Through um, lots um, of interesting why was he suspended? He was suspended. 
suspended for breaching NDAs, really. Um, Yes. So uh, a little bit like, you know, whenever you hear about, you know, they've detected a, when they've detected some kind of signal from space. Well, that was recently, I was going to say, that's very much similar to what the Chinese uh, have been picking up. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it almost certainly isn't aliens, but it's exciting while it could be. Yeah. Uh, And the last AI uh, story I have is just a silly little thing, which is someone has built a disturbing looking rubber mouth that uh, chants algorithmically generated prayer. Okay. Which really is something. Out of I didn't, do like Android. Sa- I didn't like the sound of this. No, I mean, it sounds awful, but it's very much something very sort of Philip K. Dick, do Android's dream of electric sleep. You know, there's a bit in the book that doesn't make it into the film about this kind of uh, religious, technological, religious thing that everyone has in their homes and you kind of commune with it and it tech you know, gives you, yeah, exactly, gives you sort of weird insights and things. Yes, but that's gross. Okay. That is really good. I mean, it's really, really freaked me out seeing yeah. that. Oh, uh, I've got one other AI Yeah, I know. Thing. I want this Quickly. one because, you know, it's a man I love to hate. <clears throat> Don't we all? Um, so I've uh, talked about Tesla's self-driving thing for quite a long time, and you've said it's never going to happen. Or, and, and I think you're much closer to the truth than I am. So there's lots of investigations in the US, particularly at the moment, about crashes that have involved self-driving cars. So, well, cars with human drivers, but where they have like an autopilot system. Yeah. Uh, And it turns out that in a lot of cases, Tesla's self-drive software turns off the split second before the car crashes uh, to protect itself from liability if it's found to be liable for a crash. I think these were all situations where Teslas had crashed into stationary emergency vehicles. You want to say hi to Rob? Come on. Oh, hello, Boo. You right? Oh. <laughs> oh. This is... We're down to two dogs now. I had three for a Week yeah, how was that? Just, oh my god, full on, lots yeah. of barking. She's a very yappy dog, more than mine. Which is, is she? Is she a young dog? No, she's the eldest. She was nine, oh. and she is a sausage jack sort of cross. Might have a chihuahua in her as well. I think. Really? Yeah. It was like some. Are they known to be yappy? Yep. Yeah, oh, terriers, aren't they? Just yeah. they've got loud mouths. Sorry, you were saying about the Tesla thing. Yeah, so uh, th- this particular bit of the investigation was investigating where Teslas have crashed into stationary emergency vehicles, right? Which seems to be uh, some kind of weird blind spot with the autopilot software, where they just crash into the back of fire engines or ambulances or police cars. <laughs> well, because of the flashing lights or something. Must be. Who knows. And, yeah. and are they, is this, um, have they proved that this is doing it on purpose or is it some kind of error or glitch? That's or? yet to be uh, right. decided. Yeah. In, yeah. In so this of- is some of the initial findings from the, the investigations. Truth is, but, you uh, know, truth is a squirmy thing, isn't it? Isn't it? Stinks yeah. a little bit that though, doesn't it? Oh, uh, mm, yes, maybe. Yeah. 
Uh, there you go. So that's all my news. All right. What have you got for us? Well, I've got a um, a bit of software that people have been using, but it's very much analog. I mean, it's a digital thing. Uh, it's not AI. It's called Mental Canvas. Have you seen any of these yeah. videos? So you um, basically, I think you just feed it a load of uh, flat images, and then it builds it into almost like a three dimensional walkthrough of those oh, drawings. Okay, I've I've it's seen cool. I've seen these things. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, uh, I just think it looks like. 1970s Paddington, especially does, when the it? camera moves from side to side. Yeah. If you don't know that that 1970s Paddington, the bear, uh, he, it was sort of, uh, it was stop motion, but on flat panels. So yeah, it's like the paper cutouts of cutouts, thing, wasn't yeah. it? And the camera would move around so that you could see the, you know, slightly see the edges of them. Yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, it's a cool, cool bit of software. If you've got, you know, if you want to do a, a walk through a sketch or concept, then, um, give it a go it's mental yeah. canvas mental win it nice like that um uh from that to a book a new book out um it's not a new book it's a new edition of a really good book if you're just if you're getting into graphic design or you want to brush up on things it's called fundamentals of graphic design i've got it on my bookshelf somewhere yeah <laughs> i can't find it but it's there um oh there it is um and uh, it's been just been updated. I imagine it's got um, how to TikTok in it. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that'll be about it, won't it? Um, so, yeah, go and have a look at that. It's published by Bloomsbury, and I think it's out now. Cool. Um, I do like a good book about a thing. Yeah. You know, I've got so many books, you know, about typography or about design or – love them. Yeah, I mean, I don't really look at them that much. I don't know. Maybe I've I mean, just books lost aren't in- just books. Just aren't for reading, John. They just I've lost exist a lot on of interest shelf. in design over the last few years. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's just doing too many websites or um, working for corporate marketing. Probably, maybe. But I definitely feel like I've lost my mojo. Um, mm. I saw it weirdly. The jubilee reminded me of when I was quite creative. Um, which was the previous Jubilee, we decorated our studio in Union Jack uh, made of our logo. Do you remember the oh, soda? Yes. The I whole, do. Because oh, I that... found all the photos. Yeah. yeah. 2000, when would that be, 12? Yes. Yeah. So just yeah. before I moved here. Um, yeah, we've seen that, quite good work there. That studio's uh, up for rent again. Yeah. It's not working out, is it? Still got all of our furniture in it. Has it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next one up is, I thought it, this tra- trailer was a joke. Somebody posted this. Um, it's called the Met, a trailer to a film called The Menu, which yeah. is coming. Have you what, Have you seen it? I've just, I watched it a few minutes ago. <laughs> so it's basically like uh, Ferran Adria in um, outside Barcelona. What's his yeah, El Bully. El Bully. Um, and it's uh, Ray Fiennes is this chef. But it's, I think it's a sort of, is it horror? I, it it looks be. a bit like a, yeah. Yeah, and it's got... Um, the lady from the Gambit. Um, Anya Taylor-Johnson. That's it. Yeah, very, very odd. Um, but, like you said, is this trailer a joke? I have read, not that long ago, a review about a place, and I think it was in New York, uh, and it was very much like that. You know, it was, you're not here to have fun, you're here to be, <laughs> uh, to experience this thing, and half the food was terrible, and yeah. everything was kind of uncomfortable about the experience and no one enjoyed it and you know the the chefs were unapologetically kind of 
cruel. Uh, it's absolutely bizarre. It's a funny one because food is very much like art and it almost, mm. um, you know, if they could get NFTs to be food, um, <laughs> they would be, wouldn't they? But um, yeah. it's that, it's that similar thing of like, where do you, where do you pin value on, on, on a meal or mm. on a piece of art? Um, yeah. Cause I was looking at the, uh, what were we talking about this last time? I don't know. Um, uh, who is it? Um, oh, the guy in uh, Marlowe. Oh, um, um, Tom Kerridge. Yeah. He used to be a big fat guy. Now he's just a big Skinny. guy. And he his hand looked, in flowers. That's it. So my sister goes to his other restaurant. Um, she really likes it. But I think mm. hand in flowers. It, it's a pub, right? But it's got mm. a Michelin star. Yeah. Guess how much for steak and chips there? I looked at it the other day. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Forty quid. Ninety five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and, Ninety uh, quid. Yeah. Jesus. Before I think before uh, in March it was sixty five. Uh, but his philosophy. Yeah, this was quite interesting. He uses the best ingredients he can get. He uses the best staff he can get. He doesn't let top up their wages using tips. They get that on top of a full wage. Right. And he says, this is what it costs to run a re- restaurant at this quality. And that's how much he sets his price up. Now, I don't know how he goes from 65 to 95 in three months. Yes. Also, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you don't know what he thinks he deserves out of that. No, but he also, you know, it will be booked day in, day out. As Tim Hayward in the FT said when he was reviewing it, he's like, it will be booked for two, three years to come and whatever price he puts in it. Um, But I don't think that that, he hasn't managed to extract all the joy out. He he brings, I think, quite a lot of joy. You know, a lot of people, Tim Hayward was saying, you know, really happy people, really, you know, having a really nice, relaxed time. It wasn't. I'd struggle um, to remain happy after paying 90 odd quid for a steak and chips though. I know. I was at the... um, uh, the Limewood Hotel on Sunday mm. for afternoon tea to, because of my daughter's Very birthday. posh, Angela Hartnett in charge yes. uh, No, so her steak and chips, I was looking at that because now, yeah. I'm, now I'm what the eyeballs <laughs> out. That was for two, was £90 for, okay. for, for for to share. So, you know, £45, it's 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 within reason if you're exactly. well, you really can go nice to a pub. You can go to a pub in southwest London and pay 38 quid for a steak yeah, and chips. Yeah, it's crazy now, isn't it? I went to yeah. our local pub and d- uh, dinner for three of us was over £100. Although afternoon tea was over £100, which I I wasn't paying, but um, that's a lot of money for a, yes, it is. For a couple of... Uh, Sandwiches and scones. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm, uh, I'm not into it. But anyway, yeah, so it is, I think you can definitely tie food to art to things that have that don't maybe really have an intrinsic be. value yeah maybe that's the problem maybe it shouldn't be well hopefully nfts are really really gone now because have you seen the mm, markets for a uh, crash oh my goodness it's, it's hilarious terrible. yeah <laughs> it's one of the funniest things that's happened <laughs> <clears throat> it's, it's coming straight back rob it's going to come back is it no just a blip uh, <laughs> so um eu requiring charger um i saw somebody had posted some amazing uh bit of sort of bakelite technology and saying that this is the new uk plug <laughs> we're gonna crazy, do so it? so eu are, full, are saying that uh, usb has to be the uh the generic charger which i think is good i think it's, a good, it good, yeah. it's, a, it's i assume sensible. jacob reese walker's complained and said it should be a scart socket or something is it no it should be a um a dog in a wheel on a uh <laughs> in a in a medieval uh, yeah, fireplace, in a mill. Yeah. but I think that um, I do think that 
it has to be, you know, and I'm sure it is sensibly planned out that, you know, what comes after USB-C and when when's mm. it coming. And I think the whole iPhone thing, I don't know why, well, I know why journalists jump straight onto Apple. Oh, my God, what are they going to say about it? But I think the next iPhone is going to be USB-C, right? Yeah, I think so. It has well, to all, be, all, the, uh, all new, their other devices are. Yeah, all the MacBooks and the iPads are USB-C now, aren't they? So. Yeah, I love USB-C. The only, the only surprise you have is because of this auto. You being burgled. <laughs> I think it's we've got a woodwork shop next door, and I think they're just dragging bits and pieces. Any second now, they'll probably throw a a, a whole window in their bin. Uh, I don't know where we were then. Um, USB C. Oh, what comes boring. next? iPads. Um, yeah, I think you know if you plug the wrong uh, item into one of these USB C, it can blow it, can't it? It can absolutely toast it because oh, if, it? The, if the device doesn't have an auto sensing um, component on it. It doesn't tell the charger which wattage to put out and it'll just burn it through. So lots of people have toasted their older sort of laptops by plugging them into one of these Mm. auto. So you've got to be a bit careful with your USB-C. Yeah, no, I was saying about that stage, is it called stage something, center stage or something, the new Apple technology they've just... So how... So they, they can get, a, you can put your phone, which is a bit shonky, isn't it? That you have to put your phone as a, yeah, as a, a, webcam. a, a webcam, but it will also project what's on your, what's on your desktop as well. I guess, cause it's just using the ultra wide angle lens and then it's doing some clever yeah, it's gonna geometry. It's going to distort it quite a lot, isn't and it? it? And it's also going to reduce the, the resolution, isn't it? Yeah. It's I like don't... the, um, what's the other, th- it's, actually that's the center stage of it, isn't it? If you're on a a zoom call and you're kind of walking around it crops the actual pixel dimensions to keep you in the center of the screen yeah so what's this new thing called i don't know i don't know but yes you can it looks very shonky having to hang a phone off the back of your laptop um why Mm. don't they just put better cameras in there well that's what confuses me because they are in all the new laptops you're getting much better phones so i don't quite understand yeah i don't think they're very good Oh, oh yeah cool new magazine I think it's a magazine and a website called Blag, and it's mm-hmm. Better Letters Magazine, and it's by the chap that did the Ghost Signs website ages okay. ago. It's called Sam Roberts. Yep. He started up a, an online and print publication that um, is all about international sign painting. Oh, nice. Yes. It's got loads of nice photos, lots of little cool little uh, articles, oh, and uh, celebrating a, a craft that still endures today, which, you know, when I started in the sign game, everyone thought that was that was it. It was game over. But it's a bit like yeah. vinyl and uh, <laughs> vinyl and uh, digital music, isn't it? It's still mm. a massive market. When um, when we first started Steph's shop back in two thousand and five, and we had to get a sign done for that, so I designed it, and I found a sign company that would paint it rather than you know do it all out of vinyl and what have you. Yeah, and it was nice. It was really nice to kind of have something, you know, that you could see the brush marks on. Yeah, we I, I sewed a that our place was done by John Hayden, who used to actually work for the sign company that was inside there. Yeah, um, back in the day, and uh, yeah, he's in Hampton. He he, mm. he might have been him. Two RIPs this week, sadly. Uh, Andy Fletcher from Depeche Mode, one of my childhood yeah. favorite bands. Um, he passed away, and then another guy with a 
place that I used to use a lot, and everybody used to love this site because on old Macs, on System 8, System 9 Macs, you could buy or swap icon packs. So you could oh, right. like, customize your desktop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, they were called Icon Factory. Do you remember yeah. that? So the guy who founded that passed away, Corey Marion. So oh. um, it was a nice little uh, sort of remembrance of him i mean i didn't know him or of him but he yeah, produced but some amazing work yeah and I they made some great little apps stuff. yeah um xscope do you remember that where you yeah. could measure your screen and yeah. yeah i think it's still going but really yeah. cool i was thinking about them the other day actually there's an illustrator called david lanham and he used to do icons for icon factory and i saw something of his crop up on Instagram and I was I was wondering if the Icon Factory was still going if they were still producing stuff. Yeah, because they had an app, didn't they, where you could actually just say, right, okay, change all the icons and it would literally yeah. replace your whole set or your of whole all system, the icons. Yeah. Really cool. Um, and icons used to be, yeah, it used to be quite fun customizing your own thing, but now I couldn't be. But I haven't got time. I couldn't be. Bored. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any? Are there any custom icons on your desktop? Mm, no. I just have the one, and that's oh, my yeah. the. System hard drive is uh, a skull. Hal. Oh, it's Hal. A little red. Oh, I've little, seen red glowy light. Yeah. Cool. So yes, ad- adieu. Yeah. Two creative people. Absolutely. Um, so should we quickly uh, run back to a topic that isn't really a topic? Yeah, it is. A topic. So you were, you were talking about um, kind of struggling to be creative or and this kind of need to. To, to create art and you didn't think the kind of stuff you were doing is necessarily sort of scratching that itch. And so I was up at the Birmingham Design Festival, which is very good, highly recommend it. Uh, and I saw a few talks, saw Holly Wales, uh, Murugaya, Zoe Barker, Crispin Finn and uh, Spin. And a couple of others in particular, Murugaya and Crispin Finn, both spoke about how their lives changed really and their careers when they started producing work that they wanted to produce and that led to them getting commercial work. So in the case of uh, Murugaya, so he's a a South Asian English uh, designer and illustrator, trained as an architect. Um, And at the beginning of the pandemic, actually, he had time on his hands like a lot of other people and he really took the time out to kind of explore what he wanted to do, where his influences were, the kind of stuff that he liked to look at, the things that he liked to read about and hear about, and try to incorporate all that into a new style, really. Uh, And very quickly, uh, he sort of became known. He was already a working illustrator, so he wasn't starting from scratch. But people really responded to this new style, and he's done some, you know, beautiful work for big clients, um, and you know he's enjoying the work because it's what he wants to do. Uh, and Crispin Finn also, which I think I think you probably introduced me to their work. So they're a husband and wife couple. Oh, I don't uh, know them. I've never heard of them. Oh, I thought you, I thought you'd ages ago. I thought you told me about them. They oh, do man. all that kind of blue and white design stuff. They've got like a little web shop and um, but go. Anna. Uh, was a graphic designer working in a studio, doing you know working on big kind of big client projects. And oh yeah, husband, the year planner was it? Yeah, was it the year planner? Maybe, yeah. oh, I didn't know they did all other stuff. Yeah. Sorry to disturb. That's all right. Cool, uh, cool stuff. 
Yeah, really nice. And her husband, Roger, was a fine artist. And they both wanted to work on something that was different. You know, they wanted to work on something that was just them uh, creating stuff together. So they started making a wall planner because they're a fan of wall planners. Uh, And they'd been doing some uh, screen printing as like a little hobby. And the guy whose screen printing workshop they used was selling up all his equipment, so they bought it. And to begin with, they simply bought two different coloured inks. They bought a red and they bought a blue. Yeah. And that has become their palette. Uh, And they really enjoy that restriction of just printing in two colours plus white. I love it. Um, And they've done a few, you know, they've branched out a bit into other colours for clients, but they really do try and keep it to that. But again, they were just producing work for themselves initially or kind of, you know, to sell at this little print, print, screen printing workshop. And someone from the Camden Brewery, I think the CEO of the Camden Brewery, bought one of their prints. Um, And then he came back to them, I don't know how long later, and asked them if they could do some work for the Camden Brewery. And that was their first kind of commercial work as Crispin Finn. And again, they were just doing stuff that they loved. Mm-hmm. And there's that old adage that if, you know, do something that you love and there are going to be other people out there that love it too. And they're kind of living proof of that. And it just made me think that, yeah, I like drawing spaceships and I sell spaceship prints and stuff, but, you know, there's got to be other kind of avenues and outlets and, uh, you know, maybe I need to kind of step back and think about exactly the sort of stuff that I want to produce. Um. Yeah, to maybe just kind of a little bit of a a reset on on stuff mm-hmm. and think about kind of new products and yeah, new stuff. But I, they were really sort of energizing and inspirational because it was very much we love doing this. This is what we like, and other people like it too. And this is now our career. I mean, obviously, it helps that they're bloody brilliant. Yeah. But, um, but um, you know, a couple of the other talks I, I went to as well kind of, you know, talk about the same thing. It's about, you know, finding the joy in the work and, and other people will find it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting that things come up when you are most looking for, you know, you're, you're trying to find some kind of solution to a problem. Mm. I, I'm not sure for me, I'm not sure what the problem is. And I, I think it's major, may, mainly just a, a lack of uh, confidence or, or complete ability in any of any well, that's, the, uh, I mean, that's the just creative not, that's just not no, but true. I, I sort of, I'm, I, I'm a 65%, you know, I'm probably like a C C plus. Um, and these, I look at their stuff and yeah, they just made great choices. Haven't they? They've, they've found products and they're making a living from it. Yeah. Um, this is their thing. I mean, yeah. they do work for you know huge clients. They've done they've done a big campaign for Apple and yeah, um, and like Muragaya has done like his big uh, thing for Saatchi and Saatchi, and he's done stuff for New Scientist magazine. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're all working for for big people, earning good money, I assume. And yeah, and uh, Crispin it- Finn as well. The, the other thing about Crispin Finn that you know they do this amazing client work, but they still. I think they say 30% is just for them. 30% is kind of for the Crispin Finn brand and the shop and 30% is client work. 
which yeah. is, you know, sounds like a great, great ratio. And they do everything themselves as well. So they print yeah, all their the products thing, isn't it? and they're, they're fulfilling and packaging all their products. Yeah. And they say that those moments when they're sat at a desk, you know, tying things onto packages to go out, they said that's a really important time for them because it's kind of like, it's almost like dead time for their brain to think about new stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, when I packaged all the Kickstarter books, you know, that was 10 days of that kind of stuff. And it is really interesting and sort of slightly meditative and relaxing just doing something like that for a while. Yeah, so when you're trying to do three things at the same time. Exactly. It's not so yeah. pleasant. Yeah. Um, that sounds – and did you meet any – did you go up with anybody or were you on your own or met no, anybody? on my own. Bumped into a few people at talks, but uh, predominantly was just pottering around on my own. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear you had anxiety about it. But, you know. It was making me physically sick. Yeah. When I got there and I saw the first couple of talks, I thought, oh, I really wish I'd done mine. Yeah. And then part of me was thinking, thank God I did not do that. <laughs> but you th- think if they um, if they just jumped on you at the moment there and said, can you give, can you give a talk in about half an hour, you'd, you'd be fine. Yeah, But it probably. was the distance between. Yeah. And I think my expectation, this is not to kind of diss the talks that I saw, but I think my expectation of what the talks would be was was kind of way crazy. I was expecting, I thought people would, would come with kind of really whiz-bang, you know, uh, presentations and I don't know. But, you know, quite a lot of the time it's, you know, they put pictures up on the screens and they talk quietly about their work and yeah. it's lovely. Yeah. You know, people don't expect, you know, I don't know, some mega te- TED talk. No, they, so, they, they were sort of respectful audience. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was nice. The, the illustration ones were all in quite a small little venue, kind of 50 to 90 people at any one of them. So, But the weird thing that, that kind of I think would have thrown me, that it was kind of in the round. Okay. Which um, I don't know if I'd find that. And you know you're funny about your right side, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The scales. <laughs> um, okay, website of the week. You got one? Nope. Uh, I've got one. Um, it's uh, a guy called Dave Smith or Smythe. I d- it, right. It, it's Smith with a Y and without an E. Is that a Smythe? I think that's a Smith. Yeah, I really apologise, Mr. Dave Smythe. Smith. <laughs> Let's just stick with Dave. Dave, um, really good designer, uh, web guy. He's built a site called Below Radar. And this this is why I was talking about it Um kind of uh, book sh- book ending the conversation about me being uncomfortable with Google Data Studio. Mm-hmm. So Below, Below Radar is a website that um, gives you resources in order to go move away from the reliance on Facebook um, and Google and what he calls surveillance capitalism marketing on that mm. way. So there's lots of alternative uh, technologies that you can use that, using the same thing. They're all most of them are paid because Google and Facebook get their money through advertising. Yeah. Whereas these guys, uh, you know, other ones, alternatives don't. Yeah. It's got some interesting articles. It's really good. It's called belowradar.co.uk. Um, I really like the design of it. I think it's just really nice and simple. Um, the writing's really lovely as well. It's yeah. just kind of simple, straightforward. Yeah. That looks interesting. Yeah, his a- agency is called Scru. He's set up an agency with another with a designer, I think, called Scruples, and mm-hmm. it's, that's Scruples dot Studio. 
Um, okay. It's got some really nice illustrations on it. Again, they're just like a web agency, and they do um, they do big sites and they do small sites. So uh, I, I really like the approach of that. It's like small site costs five grand. That's it, flat fee. Nice. And anything more, their their projects start at fifteen grand. So they've really thought about the business and how it's going to. You know, it's it's a really curated um, yeah. offering. Really, really nice approach to cool. uh, to making websites. Well spotted. Uh, okay, so uh, pie, 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 pie. What have you got, Jonathan? Well, I've just nipped up to co-op. I managed to go up to co-op, go shopping, and not have any uh, connectivity. Um, I had my watch on, which has payment on it, but it didn't work because my phone, my watch is Are you, dead. Is this your way of telling us you've shoplifted a pie? Yes, it's um, co-op <laughs> Melton Melton Mowbray. Um, I've had the little ones before, never had the big ones. So I'm gonna I've got my fingers it. crossed for a little jelly. Yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'm just gonna have a big. Has bite it been out of it. recently refrigerated? Uh, it's still it is. It, it's so warm in here. It's 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 got that sort of greasy feel to it when it goes a bit warm. <laughs> Delicious. For the viewers at home, John has taken a large bite of his pork there is pie. A large bite. There is jelly, not huge amounts. I'm mainly getting pastry. Okay. It's a pork pie. Yeah. Quite peppery. It's going to get a six. Does Ralph like pot pies? Oh, yeah. I can see him stirring behind you. Mm. Uh, I'm about to um, tuck into that. Oh, yeah. Now, for the views at home, I'm showing Johnny short crust pastry pie. It's a pie minister. I thought it was. It's their, um, what is it? I can't remember what it is now. Free Ranger. Chicken chicken and um, leek, I think. Chicken mushroom and leek. It's very crispy. I can never remember. Do we like pie ministers generally? I think yeah, we do, don't we? they generally get good reviews, don't they? Yeah. I like their, their moo and blue or whatever. Mm. Well, it's a really good pastry. Mm. That's pretty good. Pretty standard flavour. I don't know what the kind of dusting on top is. That's a good, that's a good, good solid chicken pie, that. Seven and a half out of ten, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, the highest rated is a moo beefsteak and craft ale pie. Um, we tasted that on the 16th of the 4th, 2016, in episode 10, and um, I got an 8. Oh, yeah. Yeah. excellent. Oh, that's very good. Uh, considering I actually had lunch, uh, including a slice of Victoria um, sponge cake before this. Was that a free um, ranger? Mm. You reviewed that in 2018 and gave it a 7.6. Oh, it's only got 7.5 <laughs> today. I mean, at least there's consistency both in the pie that, that and is, my scoring. I am, I am surprised. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, uh, I, I reviewed it and gave it a seven. Did you? Mm-hmm. I want, is, is this our most reviewed pie? Yeah. Can uh, you? Can it, you? I've done it twice. I've reviewed it twice. And I've reviewed it twice. <laughs> uh, I need to start referring back to the pie charts. Yeah, they're available. Yeah, if any listeners want to make us a pie, yeah, and ship it to us. I mean, I, to be honest, I'll pay for shipping if you want to make a handmade hang on a pie. Sec, hang on a sec, Rob. Listeners, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, or indeed, if you just want to recommend a pie, yeah, please do so on Twitter, uh-huh. um, and um, and we'll put your pies to the test. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening. We are, if you've got any suggestions for subjects you'd like us to talk about, please drop us a line. Um, on Twitter is the best place, isn't it? We are mm-hmm. North v South. I don't know if it's it's got underscores or hyphens or yeah, things you can all find over it, it, but you'll find it. And um, 
yeah, that's about it, really. Um, we'll be back next week, won't we, Rob? Yes, the most positive, yes, positive sign off. Yeah, that's about it, really. <laughs> you got anything else to say? No, nope, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. So remember, go and do things that you want to do. Um, Build it, and they will come. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, that was a joy, John. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, have a lovely weekend. You too. And um, I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.